So I think the biggest hurdle I personally had to overcome was starting and getting over the fact that nobody's judging you really that much at all. And if they are, they're going to say something or they're not going to say something. It doesn't really matter. Nobody really cares that much, but it's your job to make some people care so you can create a community and connect with those people because you'll make some pretty good friendships when you actually care about what you're making and the things that you're putting out. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Scott Simmons, and my little baby boy, Aiden, who I am doing a trial right now with. I am feeding him <laughs> while we're podcasting. We scheduled the podcast today, and I figured he would either be sleeping or chilling. But of course, right when we go to press record, little man is hungry. But we're going to get right into it. Today's topic of conversation is content production. And if you're somebody that has thought about creating content or somebody that's been creating content for a long time now, uh, Scott is one of the guys out there to look up to and he's got a lot to teach. And that's what we're going to go in, into here today. So if somebody's looking to get started in their creative or content creation journey, where should they start first in your eyes? Oh, man. I, I think it's uh, it's very open-ended because there's the argument that people say you can use your phone, that you need a camera, that you just, you need, some people say you need certain things to create content, some people say you don't, right? And I'm, the, I'm more the advocate of the camera, but it all depends on what you're trying to create and why you need it. For example, you don't need a camera. Like we film videos for you on your phone all the time and they seem sometimes do better than a camera. So it just totally depends on, I guess, where it's being delivered and how you want to present yourself. So getting started is all about exactly that, in my opinion, getting started. I didn't start, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, I still have a YouTube video, my very first YouTube video that I haven't published because I was too afraid to publish it because I didn't feel like I could commit or feel like it was good enough or whatever. And I totally... That would be one regret I have is it just didn't start sooner. So as you're starting, as you're looking to create more content, just start creating content, get used to the fact that you're creating it. That's the first step always, in my opinion, because you're going to look back and wish you still did it. So would you say like the only thing that you need is one tool to create with in the yeah, beginning? Yeah, totally. Yeah, if, it, if it's your phone and it's all you have, then start creating with your phone and figuring it out and then learning things along the way. And then once you can afford a camera if you want to go that route or get into lighting or get into better audio and that kind of stuff you can elevate the content for sure but any tool you have even if it's like maybe if it's not 480p or 720p at this point i guess instagram might it might look kind of like garbage um i think eight degrees <laughs> you're doing well you're doing good yeah we're, we're we're trying here i like it so run me through like i have a phone and I go to create some content. I think what a lot of people don't understand is the difference between documentation and mm -hmm. content creation. And you have a lot of other creators out there who will say, just document your life mm -hmm. to begin with. What is your thoughts on that statement? Document versus create? Yeah. Um, I think it 
it goes back to the goal. Like, I don't, the argument for me, you okay, bud? We might have to just. It's okay. We tried. All right, we're back. Had to feed Aiden, um, just like I thought. It didn't, didn't last. We had to, uh, we did make him the priority for a second there during the middle of the day. What I've learned is he gets really feisty when he's eating. Yeah, he's smiling at me right now. Hey, bud. Um, so where were we? We were talking about the documentation versus mm-hmm. creative process and mm-hmm. how in the beginning of your journey, a lot of people are probably going to hear that you should be documenting what you're doing. But most people that I've heard will be like, well, document what? What the hell should I be documenting yeah, I in your agree. life? So yeah. that's where I'd, I'd love to go down kind of the rabbit hole of like, how do you create content from almost what it seems like nothing? Mm-hmm. And I think it's always subjective because in the beginning, in the beginning, I didn't really have anything to create content about besides what I was learning. So I could learn something on YouTube or learn something in a blog or an article, and then I would just try to re, I would learn it my way, and then I would try to represent it and recreate it in my own way that comes from my voice. Um, and I always felt like that was kind of, I don't want to say cheating. But I didn't feel like it was necessarily me. You don't. Th- I don't think you did either. <laughs> Man, he is so talkative right now. He is, dude. He's going off. This is awesome. I, like it. I think he um, wants to be on the podcast with us. I think he does. We need to give him a microphone. Um, I, I, I agree with that statement because I didn't know what to make either, to be honest. Totally had no idea. And I feel like it was really hard to come up with content, so much so that it made me not produce any content. Hey. So... I would dock you. I, I didn't feel like I knew what to do. Overwhelm. Create yeah, stagnation. So you just, I think people, when you're getting started, you need to pick a thing that you're interested in. I don't think people need to overcomplicate it as much as I did. I think you need to pick a thing. Like, let's say we, we talk about this a lot, like a lot of your friends are into running or I'm into cameras. So pick a thing that you like and then just document or create content around the thing. So if you go run some miles for running or if you go to the gym and work out, film your workout or whatever. And then create a little bit of value because now versus back then, it was more about creating anything. And I think value is still important, but I think people have become so privy and understand how much content is out there that now if it's not valuable to them, they're just going to skip it. So you need to create, you need to document the information that you're doing and then make it valuable for the person watching it so they can take something from it because everybody wants something, I guess. Why why should I create content? It depends what you want. I mean, if you want to, if you want an opportunity to make money, you can, you can create content for that, right? If you want to create a community and share information and connect with people that you don't feel like you have a connection with, you can create content for that. You can do both. I think it really just depends what you want. I think the power of content is so strong in the sense that it connects us all in a way. I've have, I mean, I've told you this before. I got friends on Twitter that I've never met before and that I'm in a text group with, and they're amazing people. And we support each other and back each other, and we bullshit with each other. It's a lot of fun. And I've never seen them in person. It's purely from Twitter. So I don't make any money off of those guys. I'm not trying to. I want to be friends with them because I like them and I connect with them. When you started, why did you create content specifically? I saw it as an opportunity to make money as a photographer. So I was interested in the business of photography or video. And I remember our first video we ever made, um, and it was filming a workout at a park here in Austin. And uh, that led me to getting some Instagram DMs asking how much I charge. And I thought, oh, I can leave my job and make money doing this thing I like and have more fun with. That's why I started. Um, Why I kept doing it was because it connected me with more people and created more opportunity for me to 
create a business and a living for what I want to do. What was your process in improving? So you started, you had a camera and you have a phone. Yeah. I think what separates a lot of people out there is those who want to be great are constantly iterating really quickly. So mm -hmm. they're figuring out different processes, different tools, different people to hang around that can level them up much quicker. What did that look like for you? Um, I really just started using YouTube as a resource to learn. And then from there, I started to pay attention to the YouTubers that I found were interesting, that I got value from. And who were some of those YouTubers? Um, some of them were like, the main one is Peter McKinnon. He's really popular, you know, among a lot of the photographers and the video, uh, YouTubers in the photography space. Um, another guy's name is Chris Howe. Another is Matty Hapoya. Coincidentally, they're all from Canada, but they were in a circle together. So what you saw was a community of guys who were into photography and video, and they're making businesses by Peter was shooting product photography. Matty Hapoya was shooting films for commercials, like and, and Chris Howe, I think, did something for... Uh, I think it was Mercedes. So you saw not only did they make content and they made friendships out of that content, but then they made businesses for themselves out of that content. And that's what unlocked the door for me. Lot to unpack. Yeah, I know. Where do I want to go to be as valuable as possible to that person that is creating content? So you mentioned Peter McKinnon and mm -hmm. watching his content online. How did you steer clear of remaining Scott Simmons? What do you mean? I think a lot of people, when they look at other content, two things happens. They either try to mimic somebody else's content to follow a trend, or they get overwhelmed by comparison and then they do nothing. Mm -hmm. Where did you fall when you were starting your journey? I think it was a little bit of both. I think at first it was overwhelming because I was learning and it was a lot of so much um, the like research and research phase that I did so much digging that I never produced anything. And then I realized I feel like I can do all this stuff and I do all this stuff for clients, but I'm not showing it to anybody. So I didn't actually actively produce content for myself. And then the other component was I... I definitely started to emulate other people, but I think that's a good way to start. That's a really common conversation among content creators right now is like, you shouldn't copy people because there's so much content and copying looks kind of shady or like just ingenuine, but you can take inspiration from the people and use a little bit of the style. So for example, Peter McKinnon has a series that he used to do called Two Minute Tuesdays. He'd give you one tip for two minutes long and the joke was it was never two minutes because it was always too long. And so if I just made a two-minute Tuesday, that's a direct ripoff. But what can I take from that? I can take the concept of teaching somebody in a short period of time and putting it on Instagram. So I took that in a way of how can I package a short piece of educational content in a short time and give it to somebody, but don't call it two-minute Tuesday because that would be a ripoff and people would know. Um, I think you have to copy, quote-unquote copy, a little bit in order to start developing who you are and your voice and the things you do. Otherwise, you're just never going to do anything. Yeah, so it sounds like to get to that next level, it's really like creating templates. So kind when of. I think of like copying, I think of we're all just like, really, we're just all copy, copying and compounding on ideas that are already out there. But the difference is yeah. like, if I create a PowerPoint deck mm -hmm. and you just do word for word, that's copying. But if I yeah. create a template for a deck that has like the structure of like, here's what slide one should look like. Here's mm -hmm. what slide two. 
And then you use your own photos and your own copy, but the same format for those different slides. That's, it sounds like that's what you were. It's kind of like they told us not to plagiarize in school. It's like you're plagiarizing other people's creative. You don't want to do that. So yeah, I would say a template is a great way to look at it. And then once you, once you have a little template and you start, then you have to start producing because you're never going to start figuring out what you like and you don't like. I think the biggest thing for me was in the beginning, I, I shared a lot of the stuff that I did, like the work I did. So I shared a real estate video or a, uh, event video or whatever, but I didn't really like sharing that because it didn't connect me to anybody. It just looked like I was trying to sell my service, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I wanted. So I started putting myself in front of the camera more, talking about those things. Like I just put out a video, a short video on how to take a, they're called rollers, but moving car photos and have the blur and have the car in focus and stuff like that. I've never done it before in my life. But if I was a car photographer or an automotive photographer and only shared that, that's what I'd be known for versus teaching you how to do it as a skill to maybe go pitch that to somebody like a car company. What do you wish you knew then that you know now? That's a hard question. I'm throwing some fireballs today, dude. That's I'm just a hard like, question, dude. Just out here like rocking it's the baby got, right now. He's got you just, motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like if for people who can't see what CJ's doing, he's using his foot to rock Aiden back and forth. <laughs> he's just bouncing him. Um, honestly, I just wish I had the courage to start making stuff that's that's pretty much it i don't i don't think anything else could have changed because i would learn things on along the way i don't think i would have known anything back then that i do now if i didn't start anyway so i think the biggest hurdle i personally had to overcome was starting and getting over the fact that nobody's judging you really that much at all and if they are they're they're going to say something or they're not going to say something it doesn't really matter but nobody really cares that much but it's your job to make some people care so you can create a community and connect with those people because you'll make some pretty good friendships when you actually care about what you're making and the things that you're putting out, like what you do too. Like we put out some pretty, pretty awesome content that to some people might, re- might say, if you don't get a lot of views, you might get a couple hundred, but that's kind of not the point. The point is the connection and the creation, the connection within the creation. And the memory. So, and, the, and the memory, yeah. So I think that's, that's what I would that's the thing I would wish I would have done or executed on earlier was just just executing and learning as I go and sharing what I learn as I go rather than thinking I had to know everything and then coming out of the gate going, look how good of a photographer I am or content creator. How has content made you a better human and a better entrepreneur? A better human in the sense that I am able to express myself in a better way. I think I can communicate better not only online, but in, in, interpersonally. Um, and I think I have, I, I've started to slowly uncover the purposes that I want to, what I want to do, who I want to be, and who I, how I want to be represented. Um, and I think it's also opened a lot of creativity in the sense of it just helps me share things in a different way. I don't know. I guess I'm, I might not answer that the best. But from an entrepreneurial standpoint, content is a skill. And that skill has taught me how to build a brand. I think that skill has totally taught me how to share a story, how to produce something that somebody can connect with, and that in turn, from a financial perspective, will buy something. And I think that's like, if you're trying to build a business, the whole goal is profit pretty much at the end of the day. So you're trying to generate revenue and generate income, and that revenue and gen- income comes, for me, comes from creating content. 
Love that. And to dig into that before we even on this podcast today, we have on the whiteboard here kind of where I'm at and where we want to go with yeah. my brand. And if you're familiar with content funnels and top of funnel, mid funnel, and then the bottom of the funnel for us, it's like top of funnel, TikTok, IG, shorts, threads. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go into podcast, newsletter, YouTube. And then this like meaty section is where I'm lacking. I don't really have like a free course or something that I could, uh, something valuable that I could give to my audience where they can learn from, educate themselves with, and then potentially want to buy from me, whether mm-hmm. it's a it's a high ticket course or a high ticket coaching. Um, that's what I'm lacking right now because my my real bottom funnel is clients and brand deals and businesses that I'm partnered in. And I have a bunch of those because of referrals and net, the network I have here in Austin, Texas. But what I'm really lacking is that like meaty section of somebody that sees my content and then clicks on the content and then goes through that funnel into something that they could invest in, which would be like a a free course or some type of uh, information that they could use for their own lives and then decide whether they want to purchase something further from me. And the cool thing for you is that today you were showing me the sales of of Uphill and how (laughs) the content y'all are creating for them and then converting into gear sales, fashion sales. Um, so that's a direct funnel. Now for people out there, I think they don't necessarily understand all the different ways that you could make money from content. So Mm -hmm. especially when I was telling people that I was quitting my engineering job to go more into marketing, social media, brand, a fitness, they didn't really understand it, but I saw a limitless potential in this field. So describe to the audience some of the ways that you've made money that isn't just like, Hey, I'm going to pay you $200 to shoot this one photo like or take a, video. a photo yeah um obviously the, the obvious one is that take the photo or video you could i mean you can use content in a, in a ton of different ways for me personally i have had people reach out who want some like consulting if you will it's like a one-time phone call to talk about how to use a camera for somebody who doesn't know how to use a camera so let's say let's call it camera coaching i don't know um or a brand might reach out to me and ask me for consulting in the sense of Hey, what kind of content do you think we should produce that would help us create a community, build a, you know, build an ambassador program or sell more products, sell more supplements? That's what I was in Florida for. Um, so, I mean, you can do a lot of the things with content from my perspective. And then, like CJ said, we sell clothes directly because of the content I produce on my own, the free content I give out on my YouTube or my Instagram page, because it connects, it, it, it literally creates a connection between me and other creators because they learn something from me and they feel like they want to pay it back and pay it forward. So they buy a piece of, they buy a hat. How much money know. did you make off? How'd you, I'm going to actually rephrase this. How much money okay. did you make Amazon from your one YouTube video? Okay. So my, I'm uh, for context, I made a YouTube video about a, a desk video and now I make Am- Amazon affiliate sales beyond that video now, but that video has almost 200,000 views as of today on youtube and it's generated me personally seventeen hundred dollars in income and i don't know the conversion i'd have to go look at it but that's like 50 grand on amazon yeah i think the last time you showed me it was like mid 40s i sold twenty six thousand dollars of a laptop stand (laughs) i didn't make that much i sold it for them on amazon i probably made like 700 bucks potential like, yeah. So think you're about doing it, you that a, while you're sleeping. You made the video and then it correct. sits there forever and then like yeah. money can so think about be made this. by if you make If you make iPhone cases, okay, if like you make custom iPhone cases that you buy from overseas or whatever and you are a tech YouTuber who reviews 
iPhones and Androids, and you make a video about an iPhone, and every single one of your videos you plug your case, that means you could have sold $26,000 in sales on iPhone cases. That's crazy. Yeah. That's and an amazing to, way to make yeah. money. Like, are you kidding And going me? back to the documentation thread, like, a lot of the YouTube videos that we've created for me are just documenting my everyday life. I sit in front of my red light every single day. I post a story on my red light in front of my red light yeah. with a little quote every single day. And I've sold $2,000 worth of red lights mm -hmm. without is even the, trying. Is it just, the commission you've earned? Yeah, commission. So it's okay. So yeah. 2,000, I think it's like 40 red lights. So that's, let's say they're all, let's just make it even. They're $1,000 a pop. I sold $40,000 of red lights yeah. by just- You sold some saunas. Yeah, I sold $10,000 saunas just yeah. by filming myself going in the sauna every day. Yes. So, yeah. Content is the money- the, that's the, the byproduct, though. That's, correct. that's the, the thing. The revenue and the income you can generate in content is endless. Savannah, my girlfriend, she makes content for fitness and sells online coaching and has an app that sells uh, apps, like uh, programs. You can make it that way. I mean, you can make it, it's endless. What do you see people doing wrong? If they, if they want to monetize and build a brand, what are they doing that's wrong in your eyes? I think that's a pretty loaded question. It depends on the person, but... The first one, a lot of people copy each other. And I think that's fine to an extent, like you said earlier, but I think that if you don't have a, that this is an argument in the content world as a whole, but it's like niche versus no niche. If you're, and some guys are saying the niche of one. So like I would try to put myself in the hole of the niche of one. I'm a photographer, a videographer, a YouTuber who owns a clothing brand and who partners in other other businesses. So not many do that, but, um, so I would say copying for sure and not having your own voice is direct way for a brand to go. I don't really care because you look just like this guy and I already got this guy. Um, the other thing is not trying to monetize your content soon as you can. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of being a sellout. I want to tread on that lightly because I don't really talk about that very much, but you can monetize your content like via YouTube AdSense for sure. Once you get to the you know, partner program or affiliate sales or whatever. So the uh, on the flip side of that, why I want to be careful is because you don't want to just be a salesperson for content, for your content. You don't want to look like that because then nobody's going to want to connect with you because nobody cares. You need to give people a reason to care. Um, yeah, it's the age old. I mean, I have it written up there. Like information is free. Implementation is money. So instead yeah. of trying to sell your information, which I think a lot yeah. of people do, they try to package up their information to sell sell the implementation of whatever it is. So like in your case, like the implementation or the product is the gear, the fitness mm -hmm. stuff, right? I mean, okay, so, so, but you're selling the information for that product for free. Yeah. You're putting it up there. You're taking the time to shoot and make it look and make it look attractive yeah. and attract yeah. a certain customer. And that customer enjoys the content that you're putting out. Another example, I made two YouTube videos on like process and, and systemizing things. And I sold, I sell a Notion template. It's like, it's $50, I think. And I just, every, I have two YouTube videos on this topic and it links to the Notion template. Now I don't make a bunch but of money. But what does that Notion that. template help people implement? So the two YouTube videos are around creating systems and optimizing yourself for, as a content creator. And the product is a, is a template that helps you create content more consistently, keep more accountable, manage your clients and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like a little dashboard. But what I struggled with personally is keeping myself accountable and having a system and with my own content. I can produce content for you or clients or anything like that on the on the dot, but I always struggle with taking myself a little more seriously so that that system 
I was like, this has helped me and I've sold it and it helps other people to other content creators too. So you can, it's not, I didn't just put it out there and go, Hey, here's the thing I have. You're not gonna, I'm not going to sell anything. So, but what did I teach you and help you with that might as a byproduct help you buy that, pro, buy that digital product or download that notion template? Because I taught you that this is what some people are doing. And for sure, these are what the big guys are doing at the 100,000 sub plus level is they're organizing, systemizing, and they have like a plan. They treat it like a job. So I needed to start treating it like a job because that helped me. I've bought templates before too because of that same reason. This goes into a super hot topic. As soon as you do start monetizing your content, if you want to look at it like a career path, you have to yeah. treat it like a job. So yeah. when you're talking about treating your content like a job on a daily basis, what does that look like compared to just a hobbyist who's creating content? Um, I want to bring up a quote because you and I have talked about this before. It's a, his name is Roberto Blake. He is a YouTuber who teaches YouTubers how to, people how to be YouTubers. He's great. And I, him and I connected on Twitter a, while, a little, like a month ago. And I answered one of his main, he asked a question like, what are you struggling with the most? And I said, consistency. And he goes, if this was your job and, you're in, and you told your boss that you couldn't move forward on your work because you weren't able to be consistent, would you have your job or not? And the answer would be, they would fire you. You're like, I can't, you're not a good employee. And you go, so why are you doing that to yourself? That was the point. And I thought about that a lot. And that is exactly why I created the Notion template, to be honest, is because of that comment. Um, I just, you, you, if you don't, if you don't have a system in place, like you said, a hobbyist, we, we like to say, you want to play entrepreneur, you want to be entrepreneur. Um, if you don't have a true system in place, you don't hold yourself accountable and you aren't treating yourself or your system like a job that pays you what you want, how can you expect it to pay you what you want? How can you expect, if you want to make six figures as a content creator, how can you expect to not work like you're make, you need to make six figures? In fact, you're going to have to work more than you would at a job that might give you six figures because all those systems and stuff are already in place at a big company. Let's say Tesla or something. Those are already there. Versus you have to create them from nothing. So you're going to have to work twice as hard to get there. But if you don't act like it, you're never going to get there. That's what I think, at least. What do you think? I think you're spot on. I think it goes into my next question, which is it's easier said than done. Yes. So what are some things in the moment that you think of or books you've read or people that you look up to that help you stay like almost like in a bowling alley, like you have bumpers in the lane. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I want to stay in this lane and make sure that I'm showing up each and every day. So how are you handling that today versus in the past where you were kind of showing up like a ho hobbyist outside of the notion template, obviously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, people like yourself, honestly, you and I, you, I think you just need to surround yourself with people who talk about this every day. I think that's the first piece. Environment. You, yeah, your environment, like me and you text almost every day about all this shit every day. And then we, you'll send me a YouTube video. Like today you sent me a video on Alex Harmozy talking about brand. And then I might send you a YouTube video. You might, we're just, it's always on our, our mind. So as long as it's, you're thinking about it all the time, that's step one, I guess step one, what I would say is like, you need to be surrounded by people who are doing it. I told you, I said you earlier. You have to have I an was, obsession with 1% better. Yeah, correct. That's a huge component too. And we're talking, I'm talking about this with my buddy Angel who owns a protein cookie company. It's like, he was really upset. We doubled his sales last drop. He drops every week and we doubled his sales. And he was like, I wish I wanted to sell out. I was like, you doubled your sales. What are you sad about right now? 
And it's I'm a like, losing mindset. Yeah, correct. One percent better yeah. every single week, and because you drop every it's a week, marathon. Yeah, if you want to long haul, like if you want to sell it for whatever in the future, but um, I would say the environment is huge. I would say just having people kind of not beat around the bush when giving you advice. I got a buddy, um, the Twitter directness baby. Yeah, the Twitter <laughs> group. My this this stung me so hard. The Twitter friend group I mentioned earlier. We're all in a group chat. And I remember one of my buddies, Johnny, he reached out to me and he said that, he goes, when's your next video coming out? I'm like, man, I'm so busy, like whatever. He goes, do it. You have to do it. He goes, you're not doing, if you're not doing it, it's a waste of talent. And I'm like, damn. And that dude, had, that guy has 100,000 on Instagram and 30,000 YouTube subs. That's like where I would want to get to. And I just think like that guy, he, if he told me that and he works a full time, he's the creative director of Ghost Energy. So he's a full-time job, 50 hours a week. And then he's still doing all this stuff on the side for himself. That if you don't look at that and you, you I mean, want to be what's the question I, I asked you? What do you mean? Do you want it bad enough? Do you want it bad enough? Johnny, this guy wants it bad enough, <laughs> clearly, because he is working all the fucking time. I mean, like a good example, <laughs> I, I've seen it with you. I've seen it with me is like, do you want it bad enough? Like old me would skip this conversation altogether. It would been like, Aiden, I, I have to watch Aiden today. No, yeah. I don't have to watch him. I get to. This is like, yeah. he is that, my pride in That joy. language, yeah. you always tell me yeah. that. This is my language. I, I get to watch him. He is my first priority. My second priority is I have these other things that I do have on my checklist that I want to I want to hammer out and they're able to be flexible. So old me would just be like, "You know what? Like he's kind of fussy. I got to feed him the yada yada. I'm just going to push it." But new me is just like, "You know what? Fuck it. It's got to go out. It's going to be 80% and it's going to be kind of like to the point of to get to that next level of sales of like you're doubling your sales or tripling your sales and you're still not happy because you wanted to sell out. Well, for me, I have this vision of like, we would have this perfect podcast versus, you know what? It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be done. And then we're going to yeah. move to the next one. And I'm going to ask myself, how do I improve this next conversation with Scott? And then the ne next conversation after that. And then it's each time is just one more rep to yeah. fine tune and lowering that expectation, I think, is something that's very hard for people because when they first get into something, it's very high expectations. They're comparing themselves to other people out there. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, their ego is hurt because they don't necessarily know what they're doing. And we yeah. haven't been taught growing up to be like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm okay with that. Versus I think that's another thing that we discuss is how do we go into things and, and buy experts Go into, the, yeah. go into different things with the mindset of like, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to do everything. I don't even want to know everything. Yeah. That's because that's our issue is like, we want to know. We're like obsessive mm -hmm. versus really just being like, I don't want to know it all. And here's where I want to stick. And that's where I would love to wrap up this conversation of like, yeah. what is Scott working on today in terms of content? And where are you kind of funneling your energy? Okay. Before you, before you answer that, I... I want to point out this 80-20 thing because it's a huge thing to talk about. Um, there's a new show on Netflix. It's, a, it's like a, a movie and it's about this new tel telescope. The web something telescope? I don't know. I, I was falling asleep when I was watching it. Um, but is not it because that boring? Of the, or not is because it like... of the show. It's because I told you we go to sleep with the TV on. So I was just it was gas from the day. But the, science, the lead like scientist on this project talks about 80-20. And I guess, I don't know the term, it's like, I think it's failure points or something like that. This telescope has a, it's supposed to be sent out to space and it's supposed to see further than any telescope has ever seen. And it had like 
the the failure points on the Mars on the on one of the Mars missions was like twenty. This has four hundred or something like that. So it's in crazy. So if one of those things fails, the whole thing is over. And this guy has that level of stress, and he's still talking eighty twenty. He goes, 80-20, I need to get 80% there with all the information I have, and I can only make a decision because I can't not make a decision. And I thought that was really cool to hear a scientist of that caliber do that same, have that same mindset. Anyway, so to answer your question, what am I doing today with my content? Is that what it was? Yeah, like where's your energy flowing today? Because you know all this stuff, you know all these people, yeah. you have all these opportunities, but where are you channeling that energy? So uh it's spread spread out across a lot of things which this is something that i need to improve on is narrowing my focus but i think right now it's okay i think you have to be okay with some of those things i think a long time ago we talked about what balls can you drop what do you have to keep holding on to um so right now it's all about youtube yeah you like hold up i gotta i gotta say this like what it's okay to be juggling a lot of balls you just have to know which ones are glass and which ones are rubber that's a good way to look at it yeah in any given uh, moment, you just have because moment. Yeah. if if an emergency happens and you got to drop something, you don't want to drop the glass ones. Yeah. So the things I'm working on right now actively is um, uphill battle, uh, the clothing brand that we're talking about that just had a new drop, and we are in a point now where we were sampling a lot of things and we have more consistency. The ability, the ability to have more consistent output. That's number one. Um, that's not necessarily in order, but uh, another one would be YouTube and content creation for myself because I want to do what I preach. And um, building Thrive is a big one too. We uh, CJ has me, you know, in the back end, kind of helping him systemize this whole thing and create the content and the funnels. And then I also help with Savannah, and uh, that tension is there. But we—that's one of the balls that's on the bottom right now because she can handle it on her own. She's doing a good job. And then I just took equity in that protein cookie company, so we're trying to play with that too. I would say a lot of, it's just a lot of randomness. So when am I going to get some of these cookies? Are any of them gluten-free? No. Damn. So you won't eat them. Okay. That's the problem. <laughs> I know I have all, you're too healthy for all this stuff. But, um. I mean, a lot of gluten-free shit is like the worst for your health. But it's, yeah, had to ask. My, I love cookies. My main focus, 100%, is content output. Because nothing moves for me without content output. I think. Like, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, whether it's threads, whether it's TikTok. I don't use TikTok very much. But, but here's output. where the rebuttal comes. You want more output. Look at what you're inputting. Change your inputs. Yeah. So for yeah. people out there, like what I mean by that is a podcast episode, right? That's that's mm -hmm. one one episode of us shooting. It's been 33 minutes so far. Yeah. How many clips can I make from this? Oh, a ton. Probably like yeah. five to 10. Yeah. So I did one 33 minutes to get five to 10 clips. I'm changing my input there with the input is the podcast versus yeah. sitting in a room being like, what can I produce? And then like not really understanding what to do there. Um, so love this conversation. We're going to be bringing Scott on the show a little bit more frequently, probably like every other month. Now, one of the goals that I have with Thrive, where if you've listened to my previous episodes, uh, I've been talking about pivoting it a little bit and bringing uh, friends and, and content creators and people that I work with frequently on uh, to be a little bit more valuable. We're still going to have new guests and guests every week, but I'm probably going to be ramping up to three episodes a week where we're dropping value, value-driven episodes like this one. Uh, if you have any questions when it comes to content, please reach out to Scott. Where can they reach you at? Um, Scott Simmons on any social. It's S-C-O-T-T-S-I-M-N-Z. Hell yeah. Easiest way to look and at it. And it's the same name for your YouTube? Everything. Dope. Go check out his YouTube channel. The best thing that you can do for me is to give us that five-star rating and review and share this episode with somebody that you think this could be useful for. That's what we're all about here at Thrive on Life is strive together, thrive together. 
This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life Podcast. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.